I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Fellow mourners of diet culture, it is I, Emily Lubin. I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome to RIP Diets, Season 2, Episode 14. I wanted to start off this podcast with a little housekeeping, just something I wanted to talk to you guys about up top. I know that there was no episode last week. In the last episode that I uploaded, uh, which was episode 13, I told you guys that I was going to have a really exciting guest for you the following week. That guest ended up canceling and it was later in the week and I didn't have time to prepare a solo episode. I didn't have any episodes banked. And just between us, you guys, this is something that I struggle with. I struggle with finishing my work. Um, I struggle with being prepared for extenuating circumstances. Like if a guest canceled, oftentimes I rely on the guest to keep their recording and I know that I'll have time to finish it. Um, And in this case, I really didn't. I had a couple busy days and just didn't have time to finish it. And I also get stuck in this cycle of negative self-talk when I have to record a podcast solo. I like the solo podcast. I think that I can get into some different topics that I don't always have time to get into when I have a guest, but I get trapped in this negative self-talk and telling myself, oh, well, you know, it's not going to be that good if I do it by myself because I'm not prepared and I don't have enough to talk about. No one even cares anyway. Nobody wants to hear me go on for half an hour about what I go on about. And I, I just, I get stuck really not feeling motivated and really just getting down on myself and not feeling confident that I can carry this show by myself without an interview. And that's something that I'm working on. And I wanted to be transparent about that because it is something that I really struggle with. I also have ADHD, which definitely contributes to that as well. But at the end of the day, I have to hold myself accountable for that. I didn't finish my work and it wasn't the guest's fault for canceling and it wasn't your guys's fault for not wanting a solo episode because I made that up in my head. I did not finish my work and I need to hold myself accountable and just move forward and try to create the most consistent content that I can for you guys. I care so much about this show and I want you guys to have a show to listen to every week. That should be the bare minimum for me. So I apologize for that. And moving forward, we're back to our normal schedule. Hopefully I will have that guest on for next week's show. We rescheduled for next week. So I'm really hoping to get that out because it is a little something different and something super interesting that I want you guys to stay tuned for. But, you know, now we're going to launch into my very exciting solo episode. Just a little update with me. I had a family member who's close to my age come visit New York City. And she came over and um, we had a great time, but she did say something to me. 
that got me in my head a little bit and I wanted to share it with you guys. Um, I think the last time I saw her prior to this was over the summer or maybe in the early fall. And this time she came to my apartment and one of the first things she said to me is, Emily, you're so skinny. You've lost weight, which I I have a hard time handling that. But then she said something that really got stuck in my head, which was she said, you look great both ways, but wow, you look so good now. And just that phrasing of the both ways really got me in my head. And I thought I would use this as an opportunity to explain to you guys why these compliments that we receive can be just as negative as somebody commenting on weight gain. I don't weigh myself and I don't know if I've lost weight or gained weight. I prefer not to know, to be honest. But comments like that get in my head, whether I like it or not, and whether they're positive or negative, they affect me the same way. And I start thinking, did I look bad the last time she saw me? What am I doing now that I should keep doing if I look better now to her? And it makes me realize that some people do take notice of my body fluctuating and they don't really know my history and they don't really think before they say those comments to me. They don't know how much they affect me. And I would never want to embarrass this person if this person happens to hear this. Just know that I was not offended by what you said and I don't want to make it seem like I I was, but they do affect me more than I let on. And I didn't address it in the moment. I kind of just said, oh, thank you. I, I don't feel that good today. Or I, I don't remember what I said, but I kind of just waved it off. And I didn't let on that it makes me really self-conscious. It makes me also read into the way I dress myself because I know that I sometimes wear baggy clothes because I find them comfortable. But then when I wear more fitted clothes or if I show more of my body, I often get comments like that from people like, oh, you're so much smaller than I thought you were. Or, wow, you have a tiny waist and I never would have known. And that makes me feel very self-conscious of the way I present myself to people. It makes me feel like eyes are on me at all times and they're observing my body and judging me. With these types of comments, it's important to remember that sometimes people assume that since they're always striving for a specific body type, that you must also be striving for it. And then they will project their body image onto you and really think they're giving you a compliment. So I don't get offended and like I said, I would never want to embarrass this person. I know I could have taken the conversation to a different place if I wanted to, and I could have used it as an opportunity to talk about being anti-diet, but I chose not to, and that's okay too. There are some situations when it just doesn't feel appropriate to say anything, and it's not my job to educate every person. They can listen to my podcast if they want to know what I think about it. Also, that night, my boyfriend also pointed out to me later on that I eat less when I'm around other people, which was interesting to me. And I I think he's right. I realized that that comment and comments like that, they make me anxious. And when I'm anxious, I do 
tend to fall back into that restrictive behavior. And I'll sometimes refrain from eating around people so as not to get more anxious. And this is an area that I still need to work on, clearly, because I don't want to ever restrict my food. I just, I need to do some self-reflecting and figure out a way to cope with those conversations without it affecting my eating. And this is all a part of the recovery process. I still discover new ways that food has power over me, even so many years into recovery. And I don't see it as a failure. I see it as a way to evolve my intuitive eating practice and get more in tune with my needs. So, you know, I have people write to me sometimes asking about how to deal with negative comments, positive comments, just any body-related comments. And you don't have to address it in the moment if you're not comfortable. That's fine. But it's very helpful to take the time to sit with those comments when you have a moment, of course, not in the company of other people necessarily, but just later on, you know, you can think about how those comments affected you, why they affected you, and what to do moving forward. If you would prefer to squash them in the moment, if you would prefer to wave them off and handle them privately, and most of all, to not let it affect your eating and to not let other people's comments dictate the way you feel about your body. And that kind of leads me right into what I want to talk about today. This was all over the internet. I'm I'm sure you guys heard about this. Um, I wanted to talk about Khloe Kardashian's unedited photo that got released and that the entire Kardashian family was working really hard to get down from the internet, which is hilarious to me knowing the way the internet works. Once something's out on the internet, it's there forever and trying to remove it just increases the demand for it. It's kind of that tricky catch-22 situation that you just, to get something ignored on the internet, you have to ignore it yourself. And then it'll disappear from the news cycle or from, you know, people's feeds in a few days and everyone will forget about it. But now we're talking about this Khloe Kardashian photo way longer than she would like, I'm sure. So this is just something that I read on the Huffington Post. Earlier this month, an edited, unauthorized photo of reality star Khloe Kardashian standing poolside in an itsy-bitsy, very Kardashian-esque bikini was posted on the internet. Kardashian and her team scrambled to get the photo off the web, threatening legal action against pretty much any social media users who reposted the pic on Twitter, Instagram, or Reddit. So they're working to get this down. I think it was one of her assistants that posted it by accident, and it was not approved by her. Um, If you're familiar with the way the whole Kardashian team works... They need to get approval for every photo that is posted to the internet. And often the Kardashians will hire their own paparazzi to take photos of them. They heavily will edit their pictures. Chloe has been called out on social media for heavily editing her photos, smoothing out her skin, doing some heavy editing with lighting, putting a heavy filter on things possibly changing the shape and structure of her body, although I can't confirm that and I don't know if that's true. But she posted something a few days ago 
to Instagram. It was a video of her kind of posing for the camera and it was posted along with this statement, which I'm going to read. Hey guys, this is me and my body unretouched and unfiltered. This photo that was posted this week is beautiful. But as someone who has struggled with body image her whole life, when someone takes a photo of you that isn't flattering in bad lighting or doesn't capture your body the way it is after working so hard to get it to this point and then shares it to the world, you should have every right to ask for it not to be shared regardless of who you are. In truth, the pressure, the constant ridicule and judgment my entire life to be perfect and to meet other standards of how I should look has been too much to bear. Chloe is the fat sister. Chloe is the ugly sister. Her dad must not be her real dad because she looks so different. The only way she could have lost that weight must have been from surgery. Should I go on? Oh, but who cares how she feels because she grew up in a life of privilege. She's also on a reality show, so she signed up for all of this. I'm, of course, not asking for sympathy, but I'm asking to be acknowledged for being human. I'm not perfect, but I promise you that I try every day to live my life as honestly as possible and with empathy and kindness. It doesn't mean that I have not made mistakes, but I'm not going to lie. It's almost unbearable trying to live up to the impossible standards that the public have set for me. For over a decade now in photos, every single flaw and imperfection has been microanalyzed and made fun of to the smallest detail, and I'm reminded of them every day by the world. And when I take that criticism to use as motivation to get myself to the best shape of my life and to even help others with the same struggles, I'm told that I couldn't have done it through hard work and I must have paid for all of it. You never quite get used to being judged and pulled apart and told how unattractive one is. But I will say, if you hear anything enough, you start to believe it. This is an example of how I've been conditioned to feel that I'm not beautiful enough just being me. I love a good filter, good lighting, and an edit here and there. The same way I throw on some makeup, get my nails done, or wear a pair of heels to present myself to the world the way I want to be seen. And it's exactly what I will continue to do unapologetically. My body my image, and how I choose to look and what I want to share is my choice. It's not for anyone to decide or judge what is acceptable or not anymore. Um, And she goes on to say that she wants to live in a reality in which she feels comfortable just being herself. It's a nice sentiment. What I took away from this is that she's making some very valid statements, to be honest, but I do think she doesn't quite get the issue at large here. I think a lot of what is confusing people about this and why people can't stop talking about it is a matter of not understanding Chloe's reality and the economic and social class that she exists in. The truth is, no matter how much you educate yourself and no matter how empathetic you are, you will never truly know what it's like to be in a different social class other than your own. And for me, it's easy to accept that I don't know what it's like to come from a low-income background. I would say that I grew up in an upper-middle-class household. There were definitely times that we struggled financially and we had to downsize or we had to move or we had to make budget cuts, but we always had everything we needed and more. So I don't really know what it's like to go without or to worry about meeting my basic needs or not being able to attend college, for example, but... 
it's harder for me to accept that I also don't know what it's like to be mega wealthy. I also don't know what it's like to be famous and to feel like my every move is being dissected by the public. And I don't know what it's like to grow up in a family that is so incredibly image focused because their image is the basis of their business. That image is what makes them money. And this is a really foreign concept to most people. Most people don't think of their own image or their own body as directly affecting their businesses and their livelihood. And I think it's very easy for someone to say, you know, if I had that kind of platform, I would use it for good and I would show a realistic depiction of myself because I know that that would benefit my fans way more than showing an unrealistic fake version of myself. And you might think that you would behave a certain way, but if you've really lived that life, there's a big chance that you'd be so traumatized by the media and by the public at large that you don't believe your real image is good enough. What she's saying is completely true. The public does expect Chloe to be perfect whatever that means. They expected that of her back when Keeping Up with the Kardashians first started, and that's why they ridiculed her incessantly. And they expect it of her now, since she's rebranded herself as this comeback queen who dedicates her life to fitness and maintaining her new body. But what really strikes me and what I can't seem to reconcile is that When I look at this unedited photo, I think it looks fucking great. I also don't think that it looks different from how she normally looks. It does look different from photos that she posts to her feed, I suppose, but that's because it's unedited and it has less great lighting. And to me, I just think, why can't both images exist? Why can't you curate certain images that you want to represent you and also allow other images to be out there? I'll be completely upfront and honest with you guys that sometimes I do edit my photos. I edit the lighting in my photos to make them look better. I've smoothed out areas of my skin before. I've covered up pimples here and there. If there's a hair out of place, I might cover it. These are all for aesthetic reasons. I'm being completely transparent with you that I have done this. I don't alter my body because I don't think that would be ethically right. Um, And I just think it's kind of lame. But in terms of the way that the photo looks aesthetically, I totally edit my photos. And I, I get what she's saying about there not being a huge difference between doing that and, you know, wearing makeup or wearing fake tan or just using better lighting in the first place. You know, a photo is a photo. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it necessarily because professional photographers do this all the time. It's to make the photo look better, not to trick others into thinking that you look different. At the end of the day, a good photo is a good photo. But I still put unedited photos out there and I don't detag photos that I think are less flattering. Sometimes I see a photo of myself that I don't like. There's this one photo in particular of myself and two of my friends that was taken at an upward angle by a professional photographer about three years ago. And it just will not die. My friends have reposted it a couple times and I cringe every time I look at it. I just, I don't look good in it. I don't 
look like myself to me. And it's it's simply a bad photo of me. But do you think I'm asking them to take it down? No, because I don't attach my self-worth to a photo, whether it be good or bad. I also know that if anyone sees the photo and thinks I'm ugly, that's fine. If they met me in person, they probably wouldn't think I'm ugly. And even if they do think I'm ugly, there's ultimately nothing I can do about that. And that's also fine. I don't exist on this planet to be aesthetically pleasing to other people. And I think women are conditioned our whole lives to believe that looking pretty is our main purpose. And social media really illuminates that to me. But sometimes you just don't look your best and that's life. You've more to offer the world than just looking pretty. You don't owe anyone pretty. But that's what's so complicated about this is... If you're a Kardashian, you've basically built your entire business around this image. It's not just you anymore. It's it's your livelihood. And for that reason, I think she is having a particularly hard time letting go of the control. Because when you have that much money and power and when it directly affects you as much as it does... It's easy to think that you can control everything and you can control everything that people see of you. And in this case, she couldn't control it. It's out there. It's on the internet and anyone can see it. Hopefully in a few years, she'll look back and say, wow, that's a great fucking unedited photo of me. I look fucking fire and move on. And maybe it's not this polished version that she puts out on her Instagram, but it's still her. It still looks like her and... It's easy to have your perception of all of this become so distorted when you're so wrapped up in your image and you attach it to your self-worth and your livelihood at the same time. So I think we can all give her a little grace. We can all be empathetic right now and just accept the fact that she's clearly a product of diet culture and of social media being your brand and your business. So let's just give her a little grace is what I'm saying. And now I wanted to answer a question that I got in my DMs. If you want to ask me a question, you can slide into my DMs. I don't mind. I'm Lubination on Instagram. That's L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Or you can also follow RIP Diets at RIP Diets and you can slide into my DMs there. I love hearing from you guys. I usually reply to the DM, but... I'll carry it over to the show if I think there's something worth sharing with all of you, and this happens to be one of them. So this is the question. Hey, I'm wondering if you've ever dealt with this issue. I know my weight gain is due to lack of activity, and I'm feeling the negative effects of it. But there are also positive effects, like better circulation, since less body fat seems to have me cold all the time, and my boobs also look fire. (laughs) What do I do? I'm so torn. All right, girl, uh, I get what you mean. It's awesome that you're appreciating your changing body. I think that's great. It shows you're in a better place than a hell of a lot of people who would see any weight gain as an automatic negative. But I don't think you need to put quite so much thought into it. I would say if you're feeling fatigue or discomfort from lack of movement, that should be reason enough for you to get your body moving and to try to find a form of exercise that you enjoy. 
I think this will benefit you and it'll make you feel great and it'll actually improve your circulation even more. Restricting your food and not getting enough nutrients can definitely negatively impact blood flow. And that's why when you're not taking in enough food, you start to feel chilly all the time. That certainly happened to me when I was in my eating disorder. But by providing your body with enough food and moving your body, you can improve circulation and make sure your blood is pumping. I would also say if you're not excited by the idea of cardio exercise, definitely try lifting weights. I feel like a broken record, but I'll say it again. Even doing some circuits with a pair of light weights gets your blood pumping and you'll see that you can keep your curvy body that you've grown to appreciate and you can keep your boobs and butt right where they are and focus on core strength, focus on back strength, on leg strength. Pay attention to the muscles that carry you through your life and do so much for you, but In general, you don't need to focus on the change too much. Just focus on how you feel. And I think you'll find that once you do that, you'll start building a lot more trust in your body and you'll be comfortable with it fluctuating here and there because you'll feel so good that you won't care. Also, congrats on the boobs, girl. My A-cup titties have been going strong my whole life, no matter what size I am. And that just shows how each person's body is so unique and there's so much to appreciate about your unique body. So I think if you just get into a really solid movement practice, you know, a couple times a week, find a form of movement that you enjoy or try weightlifting that personally has changed my life, you will start to feel better and you can definitely keep your curves and these things that you've grown to appreciate, which I think it's fantastic that you've grown to appreciate them. And that's it, you guys. I'll be back next week, hopefully with my very exciting guest that I've now overhyped these past two episodes. In the meantime, write a review if you like the show. You can create any username. You don't have to use your real name. So it's completely anonymous. And it really, truly does help people find the podcast, which is what I want more than anything is to grow this community. And speaking of that, join the private Facebook group. Go to Facebook, type in the search bar, RIP Dieters, and then you can request to be added. I normally add you within the same day. And again, follow me on Instagram at Lubination and at RIP Diets for the podcast. And if you'd like even more content, go to patreon.com slash RIP diets. You can find bonus podcast episodes, video content, vlogs. I really try to make it a more personal experience and give you a little sneak peek into my life. And there will be a new Patreon video going up this coming week. So when this podcast comes out, it might already be up or it'll be up in the next few days. And uh, that's it. Until next week, trust your body. Tell yourself you're fucking sexy. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, you got a hot ass, girl. Or if it's not your ass, you can sub in waist, legs, elbows, ears, whatever it is you appreciate on your body. Show your body some appreciation because it does so much for you. And that's it, you guys. Peace out. (laughs) 